Cyril. What a beauty! Hey community and welcome to the Jock Reynolds Supercoach Podcast. I'm Lick Dog and I am joined by Damo, host of the Footy Mailbag, along with Clarky, previously of Jock Reynolds Mailbag fame and fortune. Damo, how are you? I'm good, Lick Dog. It's uh, been a while since the mailbag ended for this season and we revealed our plans for next season and there's been quite a good response. Yeah, how how are you? What are the vibes heading in? Do you know when you're going to get started? Like, is there any plans, or is it just we know we're doing it? We know we're doing it, and we know we want to start around the preseason, probably around when the team picker opens. We don't exactly know what the content will look like in the preseason because, obviously, the questions are hard to answer until we know what rookies are like and who's injured and who's not because teams don't usually release injury lists until about February or late February. So I don't know what the questions will look like. I don't know what advice we can give out, but um, hopefully um, in the preseason we can start um, helping people build their team for next season. Beautiful stuff, my friend. Beautiful stuff. It's going to be amazing. I think maybe... Maybe we have to upload a couple episodes to this feed and that feed just to really encourage people to move across because it's going to be its own dedicated feed, isn't it, Damo? It's all you. I've got nothing to do with it other than I'm going to love and support it. Brand new feed. There's a link tree on our Twitter, which you can click on, which has links to uh, Facebook, um, our YouTube channel. We might start doing some video content or some clips that sort of or something like that. Um, and there will be a brand new podcast feed that we will, can, that we will tweet out, put on Facebook, all that once it's all set up. Amazing, amazing stuff. Let's talk. Well, I mean, at this point in the season, normally the train has gone off the rails and chaos is reigning supreme and there's no trades and we just talk absolutely rubbish. Probably not going to be that much different this week, Dabo, but we'll try and give some advice of some pods that... You can look at on the run home. If there's any cash cows or cheapies that might be able to contribute to your supercoach side, like there's going to be some supercoach, but I just want to start off with bloody beautiful win from the Fremantle Dockers and the Carlton Football Club on the weekend. It was a great round of football. And it was. If you had zero out of six at the end of the games on Saturday night, I don't think you would have been alone because it was, it felt like every team that wasn't the favorite one um Lech dog i know you said carlton would win because you were in that team that team preview um video with pommy and oz and you put your predictions on the on the on the line there but um yeah there were quite a few people with zero and six heading into the sunday games and didn't get much better from there I managed five tips for the week, so I don't know what that is. I think I got West Coast, Melbourne, Sydney, Carlton, someone else. 
maybe must have been must have been St Kilda, but yeah, it was a, it was an interesting week. I went to the Sydney Essendon game, high scoring, not super high standard, but was cheering on my boy, my new boy Nick Bryan, who for keeper league purposes I've invested it in. It's great to see Zach Merritt running around. Spent most of the game ironically cheering for Callum Mills because while he was playing full back and full forward and not being anywhere near the ball, I was getting a little frustrated when I could have taken Alex Chincotta's 60 to beat him. But no, excellent round and the baggers are back, baby. The baggers are back, baby. We don't need to talk about it too much, but the baggers are back. Good run of form for them and... I was watching the watch along stream that Pommy and Oz does for all the Carlton games. And he said before the very first ball was bounced that whoever won that game was probably going to get to the grand final. And um, could you imagine a Carlton Collingwood grand final? It doesn't matter. I've I've already worked it out. We we actually beat them in the uh, prelim final and go through to the grand final. So, uh, but I'll take a prelim. I'll take a prelim. If people listen to the footy with Broden Kelly, they talk about every team that could possibly win the grand final. And I think I have to agree with them that if you live in the Carlton Brunswick area and Carlton win the grand final, you're not leaving your house for a month. Oh, no. I've told work. This is whenever I start a new job, blanket rule with Carlton win the flag. I'm taking a month off. Like, just It's just built in. Got to build that into your contract. Anyway, let's not get too bogged down into their future premiers. Carlton Football Club. In fact, let's not talk about real football too much at all. Let's talk about pretend footy, super coach footy, because there are some stuff to talk about as we uh, head towards the end of the season. Because believe it or not, people do have trades out there and people are looking to win finals. And I don't know how people are chasing rank demo because I'm scoring 2,500 to 2,600 and I'm losing rank every week. So it seems like you need to be scoring 2,700 to gain rank. So how do we do it? Can we do it? Who are we looking at? Well, let's start actually, Demo, with the news, see if there's any injuries that are relevant. Adam Chera, he's going to miss two to three weeks with a hammy. Not great for the Blues. Uh, is there any other super coach relevant injuries that we know of, Demo? Oh, shout out to Buddy Franklin. How have we not shouted out Buddy Franklin, Demo? Mate, legend of the game, there was... There's there's been seasons where we've jumped on him when he's almost touched 200k and then he's gone back up to 500k because he's had four teams in a row that he's kicked eight goals against. So he's been a super coach legend as well. Probably dropped off a bit in his old age, but he has been an icon of the game and an icon of super coach for some time. Yeah, I've always hated him because uh, he was always dominating against the Blues. Just looking back through his career, 2007 was the first time he averaged a decent amount, 91, 107, 88, 107, 111, 116, 90, 99, 87, 94, 98, 100. Like, there was 10 years where he was basically a lock to be a good selection. Uh, the only asterisk being, asterisk being that he, he did miss a few games. And, yeah, he's been a, been a very good player. Bloody hated him. Bloody hated him. He's one of those players that you didn't want your team to come up against him if he was on a rich vein of form, but he if you missed out on seeing him live, then you probably do feel a little bit cheated. Yeah, well, I was at his last game, and it's probably not the one I'm going to remember. I'm going to choose to remember the one where we brought in Alex Silvani from Fremantle. 
brought him across and he shut him down for a game and it was one of the highlights of a very poor run of Carlton form. And I remember telling you that um, Alex Silvani was the one the Dockers would bring in, even if he had spent eight weeks in the in the, in, in the waffle. If they were coming up against Buddy Franklin, Alex Silvani would come in because Silvani just just had the athletic profile to to go with him for an entire game. And um, but he he only played a couple of games for us. They were I think they were literally just against Buddy Franklin. He was he was a player that was recruited for a purpose, and it was to stop Buddy Franklin, and he did it. He averaged from 2012 onwards, which so that's taking out summer peak Buddy, averaged 3.8 goals against the Blues every single game. All right, shout out to Buddy. Adam Chera's down with injury. I don't think there was a heap of other super coach relevant injury news, and if there was, I'm sure people will let us know in the comments. Damo, quickly, cash cows. There's not many. Mark no, Peel at 150k, he scored 86. Caleb Daniel, uh, Caleb Marchbank at 198k, scored 65. On the bubble, Nick Cox, 198k, he scored 50. Luke Nankervis, or Nankervis, Nankervis? Mid yeah, forward it's... from Adelaide, 124k. He's probably the one this week. Score, only scored 47, but he's probably the one. Uh, well, and Dante Vizzatini only scored 24. Well, Lechdog, Luke Nankervis. Jordan Butts is now out for the rest of the season with a cracked bone in his foot. Yes, he has a crack in it. So Mark Keane will probably stay in the team. So yeah. there's some job security there. But then they need someone to roll off. And Luke Nankervis appears to be that guy that they're trusting to do that. I think if you're looking for some someone who can improve the value of your team, not necessarily score you truckloads of points, but I think Luke Nankervis is probably one of the best options and probably the cheapest option that you can go for this week. Yeah, I think so for sure. Anyone cheaper, Coulthard, Hanson Jr., Stanley, none of them are posting scores, Brandon Ryan. I think Nankervis is the man. So that'll cover your cash cows for the week, community. Get in, Luke Nankervis. Damo, let's talk. Uh, let's talk pods. Talk pods. Okay. What price point are we going to look at? Oh, oh, look, I don't think we even let's 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 go most expensive down. Does that work for you? Works for me. Uh, so that's a great question. How are we going to organize this? Well, the first one. I probably want to talk about in under 10% of teams. He's now almost 700 grand. This isn't a suggestion to buy, but geez, Max Gorn, just reminding coaches who this man is. And I remember back when we were putting together the last Jock Mailbag, MJ from the coaches panel mentioned in his potentially first picked players for next year that he'd pick Max Gorn because he'd be priced at about 100 average. He's added 7.4 points onto that average in three weeks. So he's not going to be as cheap as MJ thought he might have been for next season. But it's going to be hard to not select Max Gorn if the rumours are true and Brody Grundy does move to a third club in three years. It's going to be very difficult. Please, God, let Brody Grundy come to the Blues. Uh, Max Gorn, 120... 
174 this week, 120 last week, 215 the week before. He's almost 700k, three round average of 170. It's just, you can't ever count him out. It's you the can't ever count him out. It's the max of old. It literally, he's turned the clock back. So he's probably the most expensive pod that I would consider, and I would consider him too expensive. So let's go down from there. If you've got anyone you want to throw into the mix, let's do it. Dan Houston at Port Adelaide at 658K. He's continuing his retro of form. He's in under 5% of teams. He's a funny one, isn't he? Averaging 110 and like six people have just spoken about him. <laughs> Mate, he could be the first pick defender for a lot of teams to start next year. Yeah, well, not if they listen to me because he'll be far too expensive for that. But point taken. I think he's going to be like... one of those players. He's going to be one of those players where this year everyone thought they had to start one of the six hundred k guys to beginning to begin the season, and he's going to be one that people put up a debate about. And I don't he's... know if he can continue this form on um, for years to come because it feels like he's been right place, right time. Yeah, that's always the question with these sort of guys, isn't it? Like they, the year that they break out, and he was all right last year. He averaged 99, which is good for a defender, but he's always been that sort of 85 to 100 average guy. This is the first year he's made that jump, so it's always hard to back him in for that second year, isn't it? Yeah, but, I mean, we've had players that have just dropped off as well. Like Jordan Ridley had two years where he was – Absolutely incredible, and then these last, and then the two years following that, and he's, and it's not like he's, he's old and has dropped off because he's because he's old and brittle. It's it's because in those other two years where where he was averaging what like a hundred and five or whatever it was, he was right place, right time for Essendon, and now the Essendon system has had to change. Yep. Yeah. No. One hundred percent. It's well, predicting the future is very difficult. That's why I won't spend six hundred grand doing so. Damo, the next one is a man we don't even need to spend much time on him because I've spoken about him in every podcast and every cheat sheet. But Luke Davies Uniac, he's under ten percent of teams. The kid is a beast. He's got he produced captain worthy scores and since he came back from injury, ninety four, one three four, one two nine, one three three, one two seven. He does this at the back half of the last couple of years. He is uh, sexy is the best thing I can use to describe him. He's probably the best player at North Melbourne right now, outside of maybe Nick Larkey and Harry Sheasel. Um, but in terms of the super coach perspective, he's probably the best player on that t- on that team. And he's going to put himself in the conversation for people to start him again next season. But he kind of dips away in the middle of the season. So he might be one of those players, kind of like Luke Shuey used to be, and maybe Zach Merritt, where... He's one that you target around the buys because he has a good back half of the season most years. Uh, yes, 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 yes. I like that. I like that demo. Uh, let's drop to sub 600K now because that's where I think most people are going to be looking to invest their cash. So this is your Darcy Parishes. This is your, uh, I mean, Charlie Kerner has a five-round average of 121, which Tim Mitchell keeps tweeting. God bless you, Tim Mitchell. We love you. Uh, Charlie Kerner at 565 is too expensive to pick right now, but my God, he's the best player in the AFL. I don't give a shit what anyone says. Mate, he's in the box seat for the Coleman. Well, between him and Tex, there's going to be a shootout. 
Tex has one more game against West Coast, so generally that means a lot of goals, but it's going to be close. Oh, I just I mean, love him. Let's let's be honest though. Charlie Kerno kicked six goals against Collingwood, so I don't think the opposition, when you're in this vein of form, actually matters when you're seeing him as well as he is. Yeah, I'll drop the joke that I've been dropping all week. Yeah, there should be an asterisk next to Charlie's name for the current, for the Coleman this year because uh, he's had to play West Coast twice and Collingwood twice, so there should be an asterisk next to that name because uh, he's because he's good. <laughs> uh, so yeah, Darcy Paris is cheap. Charlie Kerno is expensive because role matters. Have you got anyone sort of around the five fifty k mark that you you might be looking at? There's a defender in zero point nine percent of teams. He's Might averaging ninety one point four average, and a five round average of one hundred eighteen point six. And his name is Sam Taylor. He only has two scores, three scores, sorry, below seventy for the entire year, and his last five weeks are one hundred eighteen, one hundred seventeen, one hundred thirty, one hundred twenty one, and one hundred seven. Yeah, I've been hot on him. I've been hot on him. He's been in like three cheat sheets since he came back from injury. The way he's playing kind of reminds me of, do you remember when Michael Hurley was, was, was a premium? Oh, Michael Hurley, take me back. This reminds me of Michael Hurley being a premium. And do you remember when Michael Hurley, like when he would come out with like a 61 week and then like 140 the week after and then just coast 95s and then just, and then would randomly dip and then rise again? Sam Taylor feels like that player. Yeah, but he's done five 115s basically in, in a row, which is, which is pretty impressive. Uh, he'll be in the All Australian side, I'd imagine this year. He at 550. At under 550k, he's not too expensive to pick up. And GWS have Sydney, Port Adelaide, Essendon and Carlton on the run home. And he's turned up against all those sides except Port Adelaide. And I suggest that he's probably going to change that this year. And um, his teammate, Lockie Whitfield, only in 2.2% of teams. People will have him, or some people will have him on their never again list, but he's gone 115, 133, 137 the last three weeks, and he's 539k, so 10k cheaper than Sam Taylor. So another player to consider, and the Giants are on a great run of form uh, at the moment too, so so there's no reason why he can't keep, keep that up. Now he provides that defense mid swing and for those who are wondering why I keep putting Sam Taylor and Lockie Woodfield in cheat sheet it's really annoying to change out the logos so I've just been swapping between the two good GWS players but they both deserve it like Lockie Woodfield a few weeks ago you could have got him for 450k imagine that and if you did if you grabbed him at 450k he's rewarded you with a 115 a 133 and a 137 since then again they're using him as a distributor and he's playing really, really good footy. Absolutely. Black Dog, talk to me about Nick Newman. He's averaging 94.8 for the season. Again, in under 1% of teams, but he's got 121, 59, 114, 106, 92, and 137 his last six weeks. At 507K, is he another good option? 
not a name I thought you were going to throw at me, but I'm glad you did because he uh, is closing in on a top three finish in Carlton's best and fairest. And if he kept this form up because of recency bias, I imagine he would be in the All-Australian squad, not the team. Why is he doing it? Why is he scoring Demo? Well, it's a great question. He is playing Sam Doherty's role. So Sam Doherty has become a midfielder. Nick Newman has become Sam Doherty. And that's that's basically the explanation for the output. Uh, he, he applies really good tackling pressure. He's always in amongst it. But he's also a distributor by foot. So takes kick-ins, he takes marks, he sets us up. He is Sam Doherty. Yeah, and Sam Doherty hasn't had the worst season either. So if both of these guys can produce these kind of scores, I know Sam Doherty is going to be mid-only next year at this stage, but it just shows that um, good players don't take points from other good players, as, as, as you have said in the past. God, you make me so happy, Demo. You make me so happy when you quote myself to me. <laughs> but yeah, Nick Newman, like it, it's, it'd be a bold call, but I do think, I don't think this scoring is accidental and I think it's sustainable. I want to talk to you about Dustin Martin. Yeah, all right, go on. He was once the greatest, you know, second coming of Jesus in terms of super coach. I don't really know what's going on with Richmond, but 131, 117, 93, and 108 in his last four games, 29 disposals, 23 disposals, 24 disposals, and 21 disposals, but also hitting the scoreboard. Is it sustainable? He's kind of come back into that Richmond system and his his old self again. So does that mean that Damien Hardwick wasn't using him in a in a way that helped the team and Andrew McWalter has co- kind of come in and gone, no, 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 we need you to go back to doing, you know, your, your, Dustin, Mag- your, your Dustin Magic ar- ar- around the ground. But like 131, well, like you said, four, four weeks ago, 117, 93, 108, just on the weekend, at 517K, mid-forward, a lot of people are struggling to finish their forward line or their midfield, and he's not the worst option. And they've got games against Western Bulldogs coming up, which the Bulldogs don't really tag. They trust their system against against teams in most cases. He averages Kil- 113 against them across his career. St. Kilda seem to be able to shut him down fairly easily, but again... Ross Lyon will probably trust his system. He'll probably put a put maybe put a Windhager or a Burns on him, but I don't see either of those guys shutting him down if he is in one of those moods. Averages um, ninety four against the Saints, and then he's got North Melbourne and Port Adelaide to finish the year off, where he can also score well. So he's got a he's got quite a good fixture to end the season. So he might be one that. You can jump on for Supercoach finals and might be a good point at point of difference to put you over the line in your league. Yeah, averages is 110 and 93 against those last two opponents, respectively. And Richmond are, are, are vying for a spot in finals. They want to play finals. Um, it could also be a case of Dustin Martin walking into the coach's box and saying, yo, I used to listen to Dimmer, but now I'm just going to do my thing. That's probably not that, but I like to imagine him kicking the door in and saying, look at me. I'm the captain now. 
Hey, Josh hey. Kelly is another G- GWS player, which I mentioned in the cheat sheet. He's slightly quietened off a little, but still pumping out scores like 98, 97, 114 since he got tagged to oblivion. Just another sexy little point of uh, difference that you could bring into your sides. He's such an interesting player because he hasn't scored under 80 for the entire season. But if you had asked me With how he's... the exception he... of the game where he scored 20. <laughs> yeah, sorry, sorry, apart from that game. But if you had asked me how his year had gone, my answer to you would be, oh, he's probably averaging about 95-ish. I don't think he's had a great season. I haven't really heard him being talked about. But he actually has had a pretty good season when you think about it. And pretty good floor apart from that one game against Hawthorne pretty good ceiling call that an anomaly he's just he's had a solid year and yeah he's missed time with soft tissue as he always does but he's one that and this is kind of and and this is kind of where it gets difficult because you want to get a guy who you can look at for your run home for your super coach finals to give you that boost but what if he comes out against Sydney and does his hamstring and you're, and that's your last trade? Well, that's the risk, isn't it? Like, this is a guy who always scores well or has a really high upside, could potentially post captain-worthy scores. That's all great. But you got to counterbalance that with, will he get hurt? And historically, the answer to that is yes. It's a tough and, one. Yeah, and... It's not, and like you look at his year, and he's had a pretty good year. It's just you see, he missed three games between round ten and fourteen. Um, he missed round fifteen. That might have been their bye, probably. Um, and then he got tagged in round seventeen. But he's missed three games, four games for the year, which is pretty good by his standards. But it's not great. It's not amazing. I think he's definitely an option. Dammy, before the show, you mentioned someone from your side of town playing for the, 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 we are the big birds or whatever that, is that the lyric? Is that really the lyric? I haven't listened to that song since Birds of Tokyo covered it. So, you know. (laughs) Do they still play the Birds of Tokyo one? Yeah. Yeah. And the Birds of Tokyo one is in AFL 23 as well. I can't believe they got the license for that. Amazing. It was probably part of the deal when they recorded it. Uh, yeah, Tim Kelly has had a pretty solid year for West Coast and he's probably been their most consistent player throughout their entire season, which is in, just interesting to say. And only averaging 98.4 for the year, but again, a player with a pretty decent floor with only a couple outside um, for the outside a range of 80 and 115 um, for the entire year. So he's one who, if you want a more consistent scorer than, I don't know, a Matt Johnson or a Marcus Windager, then he's, he's, he's one who will probably score a little better than those guys for you for the run home. There's a couple of Adelaide Crows you mentioned before the show, Matt Crouch, who had a 144 on the weekend, and I'll men- mention Tex Walker, who scored 157. I mention him because this man is going to want a Coleman, and he's playing Gold Coast, Brisbane, Sydney, and West Coast on the way home, which could all, maybe not the Brisbane game, could all be large. 
it's a risk, but if you can loophole him, you might you might look at him. Expensive loophole. Well, you know, I'm assuming, mate. I'm loopholing bloody Redman and Jackson. I'm assuming everyone's in that boat, right? Sure. Is there any merit in Matt, in Matt Crouch? Maybe we should have asked Barry this question before before we started recording to see how entrenched he is in that team because he, he, he was quite good letting, you know, Jordan Dawson and all that sort of move to the outside. And I don't know whose spot he has taken. Yeah, I don't know. It, is it is it one of those ones where they just let him run out the season, try and get a little bit of value up for him so he can find a new home? I think he's a free agent. So, you know, do they do they do right by him and just go, you know what, just play the last four games, show us what you can do. Maybe you'll get a, a bit of a payday. Well, he's 28 turning 29. So at that age, if you're not playing in the senior team, then you're probably not good enough anymore. And I think he's shown, especially on the weekend in the showdown, that he is probably good enough to play in a high-octane midfield. So I think this could be the club giving him some exposure to increase his value, but it could be the club you know, in you know, trying to work out if he does, in fact, still have the chops to play at his age. So I don't know whether he's got good job security or not, but I think he's one who um, I don't know if I jump on him just for the re- just just because I think he could get dropped without any warning. But he is worth noting. He is worth talking about because he's had some some good few weeks. Yeah, I think that's fair. I think um, I, I yeah, I definitely not jumping on him. But if you wanted a full YOLO move. That that could be the the Yolo move. Absolutely. I'm not sure if there's anyone else I'm highly recommending. I bought in Luke Jackson as loophole slash cover. He scored 87. He's averaging 91. Uh, Dylan Moore, I still have from the start of the season. He put up at 91, which is basically his average. He's averaging 88 or 89 for the year. Just a, just a little footnote on the Luke Jackson thing. Um, Tim Mitchell was on last week's show, and he mentioned that Luke Jackson is probably a better option um, if you're loopholing instead of Darcy Cameron because Darcy Cameron plays earlier in the round than Luke Jackson. And um, Tim messages me almost a day after that podcast was released and says Luke Jackson is a hundred percent better than Darcy Cameron because he plays three or three of the four last matches after St. Kilda and, and Collingwood. Yeah. So basically that means if one of those guys is rested or a laid out, you you've got Jackson, you can probably swing him in and use him as cover, which, which is really He's sitting. He should be your F six or F seven if you have if you have him in your side. But he does generally does well when he's the main man in there. Like I think eighty seven might have been his lowest score as the solo ruck this year. So that's okay. Yeah, and they kind of gave him a little bit of a different role against the Cats, which might be something to watch out for. Um, uh, the Dockers put Hayden Young into the midfield, um, and it meant that. Luke Jackson didn't have to play as that bigger body 
after he's after the, after the hit out. So um, it's a big question on if Hayden Young continues that role, will Luke Jackson continue to score well? I think he will because obviously there's going to be a there's going to be a little bit of an adjustment, but um, it's just something to watch out for and something to look out for. You're a smart man, Damo. I wanted to shout this guy out, but I but we worked out that uh, Toby Nankervis is probably coming back, the Nank the Tank, so Ivan Soldo's probably not relevant, but he puts up huge numbers when he's the number one ruck. So if for some reason Nank the Tank isn't back in that side, Ivan Soldo can come on and score 130 for you. What are the chances that Soldo stays in the team with Nank? I think there's a chance but I don't know if – I don't think it's helpful for either one, to be honest. Does that feel like a Grundy-Gorn situation? Well, they've worked well in, they've worked well in the past. And he's – I re, like he's one of those ones where if I was another club in real AFL, I'd be trying to get in the uh, – get into his ear and, hey, come on over. Hey, Port, I'm Port Adelaide. Hey, Ivan, come – Come over to come over to Adelaide for a shitload of money. Well, if I look at the game on the weekend, their second ruck was Ben Miller, who played forty seven percent game time, um, had five hitouts and six disposals. He could quite easily be the guy that comes out for Toby Nankervis and Ivan Soldo then plays more of a role up forward. Yeah. I, I I don't mind it. Again, it's that it's it's the Luke Jackson argument, but I'm assuming without checking that Richmond's fixture is probably not as good for loopholing as a uh, as a Fremantle. Correct. Damn, I think I think they're all the pods I wanted to chat. We chatted cash cows. Uh, you know, if you're a Keller Mills owner like me, you feel free to trade him. He wasn't even playing in a role that was conducive with touching the ball, let alone scoring. If you've got an injured player like a Chera, trade him out. Rumours swirling that Clayton Oliver might be in this week. Leave it when I see it. SEN is reporting that Clayton Oliver's a chance for this week, but they said literally last weekend that he was two to three weeks away. So that's been a big turnaround. And Max Gorn said himself that they think he's ready to join main training and then something happens and his and, and it pushes his return date out. So... Until he's named and playing, I, I'm, I'm not believing a word that comes out of Melbourne or, or anyone that's reporting on Melbourne. I think that's fair. I think that's fair. Is there any uh, other hot takes you want to get off your chest, Damo? No, not really. <laughs> I'm all out of hot takes for, for the year. Yeah, just wait till the off-season. Wait till trade period starts. Then the mailbag will be getting about 700 emails from me, mate. Oh, mate, there's going to be the trade mailbag for trade period. Gee whiz. I'm heading that. Clarky has no um, has no say in that, although he might appear on some episodes. But it's pretty much going to be me on a doing daily wrap-ups of the trade period. Um, so there might be like episodes where it's a minute of me going, nothing happened, this guy was talked about, goodbye. I still think we should force you to watch the entire and, and listen to and watch an entire day's trade radio. I still think that... What, 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 what do you mean force? I, I've done it once. 
I did it. Um, I did it to tell the tale. I did it. I did it the year that Lockie Weller was traded for pick two. Sure. Because because I was waiting for that trade to go through. The justification of that from the Gold Coast side is still insane. Well, no, he wanted to come, so we had to get him in. Did it need to be pick two, guys? Really? You don't think pick 47 couldn't have got that one done? I, I'm still of the opinion that with the way that Gold Coast was going, with everyone leaving, spending pick two on a guy that wanted to be there who was 2021, then a bloke that they were going to draft and then have to trade in two years' time was probably a smarter decision for them long-term. So, uh, like, what's to say, like, if they had drafted Adam Chero with that pick, where's Adam Chero now? He's not at Fremantle, is he? I just swore then. <laughs> just, yeah, mate, just trade the pick two for pick eight and 15 and send 15 instead or something. Just do anything but what they did. That trade, uh, Fremantle... Uh, sent Weller. So I believe it was pick two. Pick so it was pick two and Brandon, Brandon Matera. Matera. Yep. Um, and we sent back Lockie Weller and something the other way, which picked yeah, up Charlie one and a future third. Yeah, and Charlie Ballard was picked up with that pick. Still absolute nonsense. Anyway, see, I'm already upset about it. I'm already upset about it. I I can't the, wait to listen to this. This is just a preview mailbag. for this is just a preview for for trade period, guys. Lechdog gets very angry, and I try and calm him down. And this is just the way it goes. What the community won't know is that I've been trying to retire from fantasy content for four years. But every time trade period comes around, I get so angry that I say, "Damo, we're recording a podcast," and then the whole thing bloody starts again. So it's all my fault. Yeah, Damo, it's your fault. I'm old and angry. <laughs> Well, well, I think we're letting you ride off into the sunset with yeah, the sun I'm... shining off your bonds. And <laughs> yeah, what's now the guy you can rest. more content than I do right now? Anyway, let's not talk about that. Let's, Damo, thank you for joining me. Hey, you're a beautiful human. Uh, I'm sure we'll hear from you again before the end of the year. Uh, as discussed last week, we've got a few little bits and pieces planned, which will require, uh, which will require you. So yes, don't unsubscribe. We've still got some stuff coming out. Some stuff I think you'll really enjoy, community. So uh, last one, demo. Where do people follow you and your new adventures? My Twitter is at demo sc. And if you would like to get involved with the mailbag next season, you got to come and find us at footy mailbag. If you're on Twitter, there is a link tree um, in the bio that you can click on to access the Facebook, the YouTube, and we will eventually have the podcast feed in that as well. You bloody beauty up the baggers. Go free. Keep the winning going. You!